Well, first, I want to acknowledge um, the Yuggera people whose land I'm on. I want to acknowledge that it wasn't given away or sold um, or abandoned. It was stolen um, hmm. with the use of force and violence um, and that they never ceded their sovereignty. This always will be their land and always was their land. Um, I've got a bit of a, a, a thing written about um, how I think um, we can link a lot of the uh, things that were happening in 1971 with things that are happening today. Um, but I want to explain that I will call Brisbane Mianjin. Um, it's my understanding that Mianjin was only the name for an area on the Brisbane River um, close to Redcliffe Place or what's known as Redcliffe Place now. Um, but Mianjin means spiky and it likely refers to the mangrove roots that would have grown in that area. Um, but Mianjin, while it, while it did refer to only that small area, it's used now um, by many Aboriginal people and um, people who fight alongside us as a name for the whole city, um, a name that pays respects to the traditional and rightful owners. All right, so looking back to 1971 um, and thinking about what's changed, um, <clears throat> I want to look at the struggles that are taking place in Mianjin today um, and I actually want to talk about uh, what's the same um, because while so much has changed, um, there are lots of things that um, seem exactly the same. Um, so in recent years in Mianjin, there's been no shortage of political struggles against racism, state violence and injustice. In just the last year, an estimated 30,000 people attended a Black Lives Matter rally in June after the murder of George Floyd in America. And thousands continued to attend uh, Black Lives Matter rallies that followed. Uh, there were countless refugee protests uh, that included an almost three month long standoff with Serco Australian Border Force and Queensland Police. And in Southeast Queensland, there are currently three ongoing protest camps defending Aboriginal land from destruction. Uh, those protest camps are on Minjerabar, so-called Stradbroke Island, um, Deben Creek, which is just south of so-called Ipswich, and Jackie Kundu, which is up near Gympie. Um, there's a steady and growing stream of people attending these protests against racism, state violence and colonisation. Um, and these are all struggles that I see having a lot in common with the struggles of the 1970s and during the Springbok tour in 1971. Protesting at the front of hotels is not a thing of the past. Last year, those refugee rights protests I mentioned held the 24-7 presence at Kangaroo Point Hotel um, that lasted almost three months um, and also took protest activity to the Mantra Hotel in Grey Street, South Bank, in solidarity with refugees locked in the mantra in so-called Melbourne. Um, international solidarity um, is also something that still happens uh, in Mianjin. Uh, there have been years of ongoing international solidarity and support of the people of occupied countries like West Papua and Palestine. Um, West Papua and Palestine were focus points during the recent protest against the Land Forces Weapons Expo where protesters drew attention to weapons companies that operate on this continent who manufacture weapons that are shipped out to kill West Papuans and Palestinians. Um, Palestinian activists uh, 
are also protesting apartheid um, that is imposed on Palestinian people by the state of Israel um, and something that is also very similar to 1971 are the boycotts um, that Palestinian activists uh, organise. Um, Justice for Palestine is a local group um, that has been organising street marches um, and events, uh, but also organising boycotts um, around the Queen Street Mall um, and shopping centres uh, in Brisbane where uh, brands um, that support the Israeli state um, are, you know, called into question and, and uh, boycotts are demanded um, from Justice for Palestine. One of these brands currently is Puma, who are a major sponsor of the mm -hmm. Israel uh, Football Association and Israel's uh, all-Jewish uh, football team, um, a football team that Palestinian people cannot join. Um, Puma is also one of the sponsors of the State of Origin. So uh, Justice for Palestine were out on the streets uh, at the last game, um, handing out flyers and asking people to support the boycott. Um, another part of this boycott is that uh, world-class athletes competing in the Olympics are refusing to compete against Israeli athletes and upholding the boycotts um, on that international level. Mm. Um, so another thing that's very similar um, was that in the 1970s, uh, people who were challenging South Africa's apartheid regime were linking it to the treatment of Aboriginal people um, and people had their eyes open to the ways that mm. Aboriginal people were being treated by uh, the Australian government and the police um, and the Queensland government. Um, and there were strong comparisons um, to be made considering South Africa's apartheid regime was actually based on Queensland's uh, Aboriginals protection and the restriction of sale of Opium Act. Um, and a lesser known fact is that South African officials actually toured Aboriginal missions in Queensland, um, including Deben Creek near Ipswich, um, to see, you know, how Queensland did apartheid um, and, you know, learn from that and take it home. Mm -hmm. um, Something that still happens, the, the Palestinian activists um, who are organising today um, make a very <clears throat> clear comparison between the colonisation uh, and dispossession of land um, that Palestinians are fighting against um, and, you know, compare that to what Aboriginal people are resisting um, and have been resisting since the start of colonisation. Um, People who are galvanised by the Black Lives Matter um, protests in America um, inevitably will learn how Aboriginal people are killed in custody by police and prison guards. Um, and, you know, people who are inspired by the resistance of land defenders at Standing Rock who are fighting against the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, I know a lot of them found their way to those land defence camps that I've mentioned. Um, at Deben Creek, um, Gympie and Minjeriba. Mm. Um, yeah, so the similarities aren't limited to um, the struggles and how they're taking place um, and how people are linking these struggles and showing solidarity. Um, there's also similarities in uh, the way that the police act. Um, I know 
Roz, you said that the police were reformed into the institution that we can rely on today. Um, and Bob, you said that, uh, where is it? I have, I wrote a note here, um, that the public can have some confidence uh, in the police today. But a year ago, uh, protesters were being pushed to the ground by police after we stopped the forced transfer of a refugee to a high security detention center. Um, the transfer vehicle was actually gone. Um, the refugee and the guards were back inside the walls of the detention center. Um, so the action was over, um, but the police still pushed us um, over their own push bikes that they'd parked behind us um, and even snatched phones out of our hands and stomped on them um, because we were using those phones to film them. Um, mm -hmm. In October last year, a police officer coward punched a protester and then assaulted other protesters who had, um, who had crouched down to shelter. Um, the man who'd been initially hit while he was laying on the ground bleeding from his ear. Um, only two months ago at uh, the Land Forces protest, the protest against the Weapons Expo, um, police assaulted and injured several women in the watch house. Um, they broke someone's arm. Um, they violently assaulted and attempted to strip naked a person that they were arresting. And they assaulted dozens of other protesters, um, you know, with, uh, by pushing them, by punching them. Um, and, you know, they, they walked around um, with their name badges covered uh, by things like radios and other things that they clipped onto their vest. And I imagine in the same way that the police methodically removed their name tags in 1971, these police were removing their body cameras um, as they approached pro protesters to beat them. Um, so these are just a few examples of these kinds of things, but they happen often. Um, and especially when the public safety response team is involved. Um, the public safety response team or PSRT, um, I would say are the most aggressive and violent cops um, that police protests today. Um, these are the cops that are brought in to repress the protests, um, to break them up. Um, and they have a legacy that goes back to the 1970s as well. Uh, the PSRT were formed out of the Task Force Reserve and Special Branch, who were the special cops sent in to smash protests and strikes in the Bjelke-Peterson era. Um, my grandfather, uh, Sam Watson, Uncle Sam, as many people knew him, um, he took part in protests against the Springboks uh, in Mianjin, um, lived through the years of Bjelke-Peterson, um, and was a radical community organiser with the Black Panthers, um, the Legal Service, and various other organisations. He said in 2010 that it is clear from the Queensland Crime Misconduct Commission's review of the QPS's Palm Island Review that nothing has changed inside the Queensland police culture since the days of Bjelke Peterson and Russ Hins. Um, the review that he was referring to um, was the Queensland Police investigation um, into the death in custody of Marunji Dumaji on Palm Island. And I wanna talk a little bit about this because it's one of the most condemning examples of the racist violence of the Queensland police. Um, in 2004, Dumaji was picked up while walking down a Palm Island street singing Who Let the Dogs Out and was taken to the police watch house. 
um, an autopsy revealed that um, sorry, he was he was murdered in that watch house. He was picked up on the street for singing. Who let the dogs out as the police rolled past? And he was murdered in the police watch house uh, later that night. Um, an autopsy revealed that his liver was so badly damaged that it was nearly cleaved in two and that his injuries were consistent with a high-speed car crash or plane crash victim. No one was charged for the murder. No one was charged with manslaughter or anything of the sort. Um, and no one was to be held accountable. Uh, and, of course, Palm Island rioted and burnt down the police station and courthouse. Um, in response, Palm Island was invaded by the Queensland police. Residents were terrorised and raided. Uh, police burst into homes and aimed assault rifles at adults and children. Um, they arrested community leader Lex Watton, um, who was tasered in front of his family. Um, and his children had guns pointed at their heads by Queensland police officers. He was arrested, tasered in front of his family for allegedly inciting the riots. Um, no one was ever held accountable for the murder of Mulder and Chidumichi. Uh, Lex Watton was imprisoned and stripped of his freedom of speech. He wasn't allowed to speak about what had happened, what was happening. Um, he, the, the week that he was convicted of inciting that riot, 22 cops were awarded medals for bravery for their part in the invasion of Palm Island. Um, and this just goes to show that the police are still a uh, politically, um, morally uh, corrupt uh, uh, organisation. They're an organisation that protects the interests of uh, the Queensland government, um, the the interests in destroying um, Aboriginal people and and tearing down any ability that we any any, any attempt that we take at self determination, like removing uh, police stations and courthouses from our land, um, because we know that those things do not bring us justice, mm -hmm. and that we can bring our own justice. Morning. Yeah, Morning. sure. Um, Bob, I know you don't want you. You're a long left, long time left the police force, so um, you know I don't want to put you in a position of having to defend um, an institution. But I just wonder if there's something anything <clears throat> you want to say in relation to that about the sort of I mean, because I don't think anyone's imagining that things are all all rosy everywhere. But I mean, well, I guess the purpose of this is to think about how that what the mechanisms of change are over a long period, both institutional and and otherwise. Um, no, thank you. And look, um, uh, this shouldn't be an argument between myself and Sam uh, about these issues. And it's very important, and thank you for the opportunity to do this, to point out that uh, I retired from the police department nearly nine years ago. So it would be completely inappropriate for me uh, today to speak on behalf of the police department um, and since I left. Um, but I am still of the view um, that the police department has changed, um, has changed in just about every dimension um, from the time of the Fitzgerald inquiry um, and certainly from 1971. Uh, and I believe the public can have confidence in the police department of today. Um, so um, unless there was some specific 
issue no, that you'd like me to comment on, I'll leave it no, at that for fine. now. I'm happy, to, I'm happy to leave it there. Rosalind, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts about mm. the, the gap between that sort of activism on the ground and something that becomes an institutionalised process <laughs> where different ways of doing and being um, become, you know, become what the accepted, um, um, you know, becomes what's accepted. Um, there's obviously a, you know, there's obviously a dynamic in that process, but, you know, things can change. Um, yeah, look, uh, I would like to comment um, on what Sam said first, if I may, Julianne. I think it's incredibly important to be challenged constantly in terms of what's going on, what's gone wrong, what's not being done well enough and facing any modern examples of racism and we can't pretend they don't exist. So thank you, Sam, for saying those things. It's incredibly important and uh, you do us an enormous service by bringing those things to the fore. Can I just, one thing I could say, however, is that now there are remedies that didn't exist before. Uh, for example, with the Palm Island case, I actually sat on the Court of Appeal when we awarded compensation to people on Palm Island who'd been treated so brutally. And uh, there's very strong judgment from Queensland courts setting out what went wrong, uh, how dreadful it was, and how compensation had to be paid for the actions that were done to the people of Palm Island. And I think that's what's mm. different, that now it's not perfect uh, and police officers constantly have to be held to account, as does the judiciary and as do each part of society. But there are now uh, mechanisms for dealing with things that didn't exist before. And it's partly because those of us who lived through very troubled times where we saw that racism and we saw that corruption um, have been vigilant to ensure that it doesn't recur. And, and I know through Bob's time as police commissioner, any sign of corruption or bad behaviour by the police was immediately stomped on because of his pride in having a police service that wasn't like that. So, um, but it is incredibly important that people like Sam uh, continue to hold us to account and bring these issues up uh, so that we deal with them. Thank you. Raymond, I'm interested in your, your long perspective on all of this because one of the things that it seems to me in a lot of these areas um, is that changes can be made, you know, legislative, organisational, cultural, social changes can occur. But unless